Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, and welcome again uh, to Really with uh, Tom and Dave. I'm Dave, Dave Foley. To be specific, because there used to be a lot of Daves, fewer now. And, uh, and and on the other side there, you'll see Tom Wheeler. What happened to all the Daves? Well, they're just, people stopped naming their kids Dave. It's just, you know. Oh, we're going. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Used I didn't to, know there I was mean, like a Dave used, event. No, no. They're, they're, it's basically, I think we're becoming um, endangered um, due to, due to sort of uh, generations of the name just being really boring. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you're one of the few survivors. Yes. Keeping yeah. keeping the Dave flame going. Yeah, I don't think there are any Daves that don't have gray hair in the world at this point. <laughs> well, let me think. Pretty I, sure. That's true. I have an Uncle Dave and he's he's 80. Yeah, or, oh yeah. Or plus. So oh, yeah, I'm 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 definitely a, ju- a junior member of the Dave Corps. You're, you're doing good as far you're in the youthful yeah. Dave department. Mm-hmm. Uh beyond that, well, although David Grush, you know, that's a good one. True. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. bringing up the he's, line in the UAP. He's relatively world. young. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, listen, listen. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's faith. mostly bald, right? So it's hard to tell if he's doing great. It's hard yet. to tell. He's got like the yeah. little Air yeah. Force thing going yeah. on. But um, but we uh, we digress, which yes, is that's, part of the yeah. fun uh, yeah. for sure. But um, how are you? I'm well. I'm just I'm just realizing I've got the the my flick actually I, looks like an alien because oh, of the context. That is a flick. Little, a little lounging flick back there. What a, um, a wonderful, wonderful Dave Foley highlight. That was flick. Really, I just noticed it in my, over my shoulder. Um, I'm well. I'm doing well. I'm. It's uh, finally. It's becoming autumnal. It, that hence the uh, hence the plaid flannel mm-hmm, uh, nice. here in uh, New York City. I don't know if you've heard of the place. Yeah, uh, yeah. I heard it was form- rainy. And it was making it, you sleepy. It's been rainy for days. Yes, I, I think that's what was making me sleepy. Okay, uh, and not 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 the old dengue fever coming back oh, uh, from my bad. colonial days. Does it live for a while? I think it, I it might. It I don't think. I, no, I've never had dengue fever. I've never, but I just I just love it as a British colonial reference. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. A little dengue. Have you survived it? 
Oh yeah. We should do okay. like a rare diseases. I love a survival story. I love a good horrible survival story. I will yeah. any vacation reading the more horrendous the conditions on the people on this on any sort of survival story the it might make me feel more comfortable on vacation like it makes my relaxing more relaxing yeah. to read about people in the most uncomfortable situations ever but it makes my yeah. family mad cuz I will tell them like details that are uh, they hate you know yeah i'm i i see i hate all that too cuz I, I immediately assume that i will get anything that someone describes to me um <laughs> well Hopefully, hopefully you don't end up like lost in the, you know, like 17th century uh, Sahara desert or anything like that on a shipwreck. Anything um, can happen. I have no sense of direction. I, that could true. happen to me just if I'm trying to get over to over That's to Dykeman Street here. And we get a call. Like, yeah. Fuck? We're trying to do Life yeah. 360 on you. Yeah. And we and find you. We find you in the desert and in some dune. Yes, walking, walking, sun blind. Yeah. I've got sun blindness, right. you know. Oh, they did terrible. I can't see a thing. Drink camel pee. They had to do horrible, horrible things. But well, um, it's really, if, if you never tried camel pee, it's really quite delicious. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to. I just read about it. Just, I'm not, right. I have no interest in going. It's my, that's mm. my neurotic uh, stuff kicking in. Not going to be experienced, just read about. But not. listen. This is fun, but we have a wonderful guest today. Yes, we do have a guest. We have a, yes, uh, we do. And uh, fabulous guest and uh and a dear friend of the Really family. Mhm. Mm uh going back a couple years. Today we have and now is it is it the parlance? Are you an experiencer if you have just seen I think or do you I have think to they, be I think experience I think, I think I think uh no, I don't think it has to be an abduction. I think uh, any kind of um contact Okay. Uh, in experience, I think uh, any kind of an, an encounter, I think, is considered an experiencer now. I, I mean, I love I talking with experts, and I and that's all super cool and going over what's been going on in government. But it's mm. I find the conversations where someone who's had, you know, they've seen it with their own eyes I, or experienced something that is super interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Today we have Robin Ruzan who, uh, as well as being an experiencer, is also an actor, writer, producer, has appeared in multiple roles on film and television, including being John Malkovich, which is fantastic, Sex in the City, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Transparent uh, as an executive producer and creator of The Room Live, which was all, all original content online television network and production company. She produced over 250 episodes of traditional light television plus talk shows with Oprah.com and also the celebrity game show Celebrity Liar, with Jason Alexander, and was most recently a writer and consulting producer on FX's Better Things, starring Pamela Adlon, um, and like I said, a very good friend uh, mm -hmm. of ours here today. Robin, where are you? Hello, Robin. We have another and guest. I'm oh. so sorry. <laughs> As you know, my generator is on because my power went off, and now my dog is afraid of the sound of the generator. We're having, you know, we're having a moment right but now. But you were thinking but, this could be, this could be a, <laughs> a by, byproduct <laughs> of the story you're going to tell, or we're going with that. Yes, we're going. I think yes. the aliens are freaked are, out that I'm going to discuss it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> who's your who's your friend on your lap here? Who let's let's introduce. This formally. is this is B. 
be Rosansky. She kept her original name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. modern lady. <laughs> Very cute. She went back to Ellis Island and got the ski back from Roseanne. Yeah, you know. the original signature <laughs> found out. I know, she's I so know. she's looking so stoic today. She's, she's, well, she's it's a generator. She's, you know, she's handling handling the generator well. For yeah. Sure. Now, now, you know, I should say, Rob, you and I have been friends. I think almost like thirty-seven years. I think at this I, point, I think. I think, I mean, I haven't counted, I think but it's about it that. feels, really? Did you do the math? I That's think it's about, annoying. I forget. I think, annoying that we're, I think going we're back. We're old enough to have known people that long. Yes, you know? I know. And we, we met as adults also. Yes, we I know. We there wasn't, there are, there <laughs> are chi- circle room children, or something. children born the year we met are now middle-aged. That's. <laughs> oh my God, it's awful. It's a good oh, thing. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. This but it's good. It's good to know you this exactly. long, Dave. Yeah. That part is very nice. Yeah. But here's the. Sure. But, but I, I bring up how how, how the, the the lengthiness of our friendship, yes. uh, in part because uh, I've known you all these years, and it wasn't until I think I had posted about uh, the um, yeah. the Nat Geo show uh, UFOs uh, investigating the unexpected. The unexplained is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, and and then you, you then you messaged me and told me because there was the episode about um, the incident we're going to talk about, uh, and you told me that you had had that you know the experience that we're going to discuss. But and but all those years, it had never come up. No, not one. Actually, what happened was you were or we were at some some party or gathering and you were talking about ufos and i told you that i had seen one and i told you about it yes and you said you sent me that clip right that's right so it's backwards you sent me that most of my memories are yeah i'm glad you're here to to clarify it's a miracle i remember your name because it's an old-timey name now (laughs) (laughs) as i've learned i don't think there's a lot of robins either so right there with you apparently daves are dropping Um, like flies i'm told yeah. <laughs> this is terrifying. But, but yeah, it was very impactful to uh to get that from you. I I think I told you that or maybe I didn't tell you, but you sent me that clip and I watched it and you know, my sighting was so long ago and it's kind of like I don't know, like I don't tell a lot of people, I don't really think about it a lot. It's like, you know, like a dark little secret that happened to me. And when you sent that to me and I watched it, I cried. Oh, wow. It made me cry. Well, yeah. It's, it's, well, there's a lot of trauma involved with uh, the, the stigma connected to having seen uh, UFOs yeah. or had an encounter with UFOs. And, yeah, people do put it away. And and, we, and I guess we should just say that that Robin was uh, was part of one of the most famous uh, UFO uh, uh, events or a, a lengthy events that went on for a long period of time, which was yeah. it's called the Hudson Valley flap. They they call them flaps mm-hmm. in the UFO world. Why a flap is a, is a sighting? Is that a bunch, a bunch of sightings together, like a bunch of uh, is that like, like a, a parliament of owls or something, something like I think that? So. It's a flap. Yeah, I'm not sure who came up with flap, but but I I know that's the UAP <laughs> term. Terrible. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it's like a I don't know squadron what squadron or wave. something more Star Wars like. Yeah. yeah. You could you could use it as you could use the term wave as a synonym yeah. for flap. Yeah. Uh, but but right. yeah, but you better. were part of the you as you were a part of the uh, the famous Hudson Valley uh, incident. Um, yeah. Our incidents, and I guess do should we run that clip before we yeah. go on? Yeah. Right. yeah uh... I might cry. I might cry again. All right. 
the Hudson Valley sightings are, are really bizarre, but unlike Rendlesham, this thing is much bigger. I mean, we're talking here, some of the witnesses will talk about these things being the size of football fields, but hovering or moving very slowly in the sky and then accelerating away to the horizon at an incredible uh, rate. Thousands of witnesses describe seeing massive objects in the sky outlined by colorful lights. But I Skyped with one of the few who managed to film what she saw. We were actually driving down Route 84, going eastbound, when we saw this thing in the sky. So when we got home, we thought we lost it. And my husband went to let the dog out, and he called me, and he said, you got to see this. Come out here. It's back. So when we saw this object in the sky, we, the first thing we did is we ran in and grabbed the video camera and just uh, started taking images of it. It was a ring of lights, but when this round object flew over, we could not see through it. The lights were actually, you could see by a naked eye, you can't see it in the video, but the lights were actually turning. They were turning to the left, um, and they started changing colors as they turned. While many accounts described V-shaped or boomerang-shaped objects, Lori says she saw it from a different perspective. Way people are describing it is based on where they were standing. Some people were standing directly underneath it. So, could it have been a V type shape formation or a boomerang shape? It's possible, yes. Crazy. God, even listening to that, it just is so, it's such a, you know, it's such a weird feeling because it's so visceral for me. And to, again, it's like this quiet thing that I just kept kept inside. And to hear somebody else describe it almost exactly how I experienced it is very emotional. It's very strange. Yeah. Well, you, tell us about that night. Yeah. Yeah. Set the, set the stage for us because I, yeah. I, just, I, I always feel like talking, I mean, talking with any witness is super interesting, but someone that you know we we know and uh, for through the year like yeah. it's it's very meaningful like we've tried to have people on yeah. that we kind of know and and who've gone through stuff just because there's also that level of just kind of trust understand i feel like there's just an, an immediate new level you can get to with this kind of thing but yeah just tr try to walk us through where you were and what happened yeah you know it's funny i've uh just recently started listening to because of another thing that happened to a friend of mine of ndas uh, not ndas that's what is it uh near-death experience ndes and um they say that it's that when they talk about it it's as vivid as if it's happening right now and it's very similar with this memory you know it's very it, it, it's very vivid and it's very clear and it's not like a faded dream. It's like a very clear thing. So what happened was it was 1982 and I was living, uh, I was with my family in Briarcliff Manor, New York, which is in the Hudson Valley, you know, it's in Westchester, New York, um, right, right near the Hudson river. And, um, it was sort of, I would say it was probably about four o'clock in the afternoon, maybe a little bit later. And my dad, we, we lived up on a little bit of a hill and my dad um, was sitting, uh, looking over, uh, you know, at, at the living room, looking over the whole neighborhood. 
you know, you could see kind of far out because we were a little raised. And um, he said, come here, I want to show you something. So I was like, Ugh, what? You know, like that, like, rah, rah. I was all huffing and puffing. And he said, he said, look, look at, what is that? It was really far away at this point. And I said, oh, it's an airplane. He said, no, 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 watch it. Right? And I'm like, Dad, it's an airplane. It's an air. And I went, oh, wait, what is that? Because all of a sudden, what's the it sky like? Like, is it day? Is it sunset? It was, is it? it? It was. It was later afternoon, so it was getting a little dusky, okay. but it was still laid out. Okay. But it wasn't bright sun. Got it. it was, you know. And um, and I looked, and I it changed color and it changed shape. And so I went, oh wait what is that? You know, like, so I sat down with him and we're like, you know, glued to the, to the, um, window and we're just watching this thing and it's way out in the distance and it starts moving in closer. And now, you know, as it's moving in closer, it's getting more dusky and dark, you know, and it's like nothing you've ever seen ever in the entire world. You, it's not a balloon. It's not, you know, it's not um, a blimp. It's not anything you've seen, you know, and it's, it's moving really quickly. Uh, not really quickly. It's moving slowly at this point. And you can see um, it keeps changing like color and shape. And from, from my perspective, as I was watching it, it seemed, uh, it didn't seem like a craft it didn't seem like it had like structure to it it felt more like an orb kind of light orb but it wasn't without boundaries you know so it wasn't just like a flickering thing it was like a, a light orb and it kind of like changed color and shape um, how high up in the sky would you i mean is it plane height is it lower than plane helicopter height i mean it's it's sort of helicoptery height. But what started to happen is it started to move way closer to my neighborhood. And as it got closer, this is what makes me know like, all right, I wasn't crazy and I, you know, like like it wasn't like a, like my brain like I didn't have a brain tumor or something. Yeah. Like because everybody in the neighborhood got out. Wow. They got out on the street. So my entire neighborhood was there. So it wasn't just like me and my dad are having this weird experience. Everybody came out to look at it. Actually, at one point, my mom came back from the supermarket and she, yeah, you, you know, my mom, she ran. She's like, I don't want to see it. She ran inside. She was just so freaked out. She's like, I don't want to know it. So she ran in. Wow. And, um, Which is what she does when she sees me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm. <laughs> so, so we stood out in the neighborhood for a while and then it sort of, it's, it felt like it was coming over our neighborhood in particular. And just like the woman said, it was a couple of base uh, football fields, like big, it was gigantic. It was the entire sky and wow. it was so big and it was hovering right over us. And my next door neighbor was a pilot and he said, we don't know how to do this um, because it wasn't making any noise. 
and there was no propulsion. There was no, you know, there was no wind moving or anything. And what shape um, is it right now? Because it was it was a light. What is if it's over you, you're seeing some. What are you seeing? Yeah, I'm seeing kind of like an oblongy kind of. It's a little amorphous. It's a little, you know, it's more it's more like an oblong orb. Like I couldn't see windows or or wheels, like nothing like that. But it was definitely like, I mean, I, I always say this, it was an unidentified flying object. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a, like a weird comet or anything like that. It was like, there was, it was something. It was something. Is the skin of it like, is it like still light? Or is it, does it feel like one light or does it feel like many lights blurring a, a, a shape under it? No, it felt it felt like one light. It felt from, again, from, it looked different from different angles as it was, you know, moving. But when it came overhead, it felt like one light. And it came so sort of straight over our head at one point that I got very scared and I ran inside because I, I don't know if I imagined it or I felt it, but I just felt like, like, I felt, this is, all right, I'm going to tell you, I've never even said said this out loud. Cause I don't really talk about this a lot, but I felt, I felt like it saw me see it. Yeah. Whatever that yeah. even means. But I, I, felt well, like, I, I know what that means. You know what I'm saying? I know what that oh, means. You do? Is, this, is this a thing? Cause I don't really investigate this stuff. Is that a thing? Uh, I, it, it, it was, for, it was what for what I, it is what I, what I experienced. Yeah. I had that feeling too. Yeah. So when I felt like it saw me see it, I ran inside mm. and I got really scared at that point. So then I was watching it again from the window, a different window. Now I moved into my bedroom and I was watching it from my window. My dad was still outside. My brother was outside. Do you think this a, it, it must be like a fucking alien invasion at this point? I mean, how long has this been going on now? And well, how long would yeah, you say from, it, from it, this first sighting to this moment in your bedroom is like two hours. Two like this hours? whole thing is. Two hours. Oh, shit. And so I'm sort of crouched in my bedroom because I thought I saw, I, I thought it knew I saw it yeah. somehow. And um, and so I was crouched in my bedroom, but still looking out the window. And all of a sudden, just like the woman just said, all of a sudden, it just shot off. It shot off so fast, and it was gone. It flew out like there's like a little foresty area, you know, to the left of us. And it just shot out and it was gone. It was just completely gone. So I immediately called the police department. I don't know why, but I called the police department. And he answered, he goes, I know, we know about it. We know about it. Like he didn't even ask me what was going on. And then the next day, so this was, um, this was Halloween Eve when this happened. Oh, wow. Good yeah. timing. And so, so the next day in the local paper, they said that people saw this thing in the air, but it was just a prank. It was two small private, you know, small little planes that strung lights on them to pretend it was a UFO, which it like just wasn't. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it wasn't, you know, and anybody who saw that knew that. And I was like, why are they saying that? Mm-hmm. And then the other, the other feeling that I had is like, I, I, I would wake up every morning and I would check my body. <laughs> I would check my body to see if there was any marks or any things because I, 
again, I had like this weird feeling like they saw me see it, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and that they were going to like single me out. I don't know what my brain was doing as such a young person, but for like a year, I checked my body every day. Now, did did you have any knowledge of like a, a of the sort of uh, things that go along with abduction phenomena at that point that you'd Just be checking like, for? Or? You know, that silly, like silly stuff that you would see on like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, Star Trek or something. I don't know. Like whatever sort of like TV junk I had in my head, um, you know, what is it? Lost in space. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, but, like, you know, I had 60s television alien in my head. Yeah. That's what I had in my head. But you didn't, ex- um, you didn't experience any kind of sense of like lost missing time or anything after. Seeing no, it. I, I, I didn't, but I kept checking for it. Like I yeah. just kept, I, for like about a year, I was very sort of like on high alert about it. You know, it was very, um, like, you know, you know, because you saw, like, when you see something, like you, you, you know, you saw something. Something, yeah, that, very unusual. And yeah, you know, you saw something that, like, didn't well, come from here. Now, how, what, how, <laughs> you know? how did, the, what was, how did your, the community and your family, how did, how did you all process this experience? Well, you know, like how we processed you know, any trauma in our lives, we pretended it didn't, we talked about it for a minute and then we pretended it didn't happen, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like every once in a while, you know, my, my dad has passed away and my brother's passed away. Um, but a, a few times with my dad in the last few years, you know, before he passed away, like we talked about it a couple of times, like, you know, we, we brought it up and again, it's sort of like this, I mean, it's so different now lately because people are acknowledging that this is like a thing. But when when I saw my when I had my sighting, it was so like embarrassing and shameful and you know crazy. And so you just have a lot of shame around it, which is why I definitely think I cried when I saw, you know, that footage because, you know, it's like, oh, it really did happen. It wasn't like a thing. And my mom and I have talked about, I told her I was doing this and I said, I was going to talk about the UFO sighting. She said, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like she, you know, she acknowledges she didn't want to see it though. She ran in, she was freaked out. Yeah. So So she, did she see something? She saw enough of it to be aware that it was going on though, I guess. Oh yeah, she know no, she knows yeah. she was part of it. She yeah. was definitely there. And like, you know, over the years things would happen and I would see I would hear about like a red communion at some point because I had told somebody. Very you know, you have to like now I'm fine to talk about it, but mm-hmm. through the years you would only want to tell people that you felt kind of safe with who wouldn't judge you. Sure. And so yeah. I told a few people here and there and somebody recommended that I read communion and I would say like every few years you know I I would get curious and google it and you know because I didn't know that my sighting I thought my sighting was like obviously a big deal in my neighborhood but I didn't know that it was like a thing but your you neighbors know? you you wouldn't discuss it with your neighbors after that like no, people it would I be mean, you know there were no no, no, no town I, meetings, no. Uh. No, I mean after the initial thing, maybe we talked about it for a little bit, and then we, you know, then we pretended yeah. nothing ever happened. Yeah. Well, and how it was how, nothing? How old were you when this happened? 
I, w- I think I was 17 or 18. Yeah. So I was like, you know, a person. Yeah. I was definitely a person by then. It also really shows the power of that disinformation stuff, right? Because the moment they put in the paper of like, no, that's not what you saw. Even though you know in your heart and clearly yeah. like the emotion of it has set there in your body all this time. Like it was clearly something that impacted you. The The fact that they say, nope, you didn't. It kind of just, it just creates a sort of cycle of shame and don't bring it up and don't talk about it, which is kind of what it's designed to do um, mm-hmm. when it's so clearly like you can tell the difference, particularly in that sort of light and daylight and see, you know, um, it's a, that's a, that's a wild sighting. I mean, we've yeah. been hearing, yeah. and we've been hearing, we've been hearing some, some craziness, but it is amazing to be, you know, you were part of, yeah, one of the biggest uh, mass sightings, uh, yeah. in the and again, history. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know that until just like ten years ago. I didn't mm. know that that what I thought what I saw was very, you know, particular yeah. to my neighborhood and everything. I didn't know it was like a series of sightings over years. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a real hotbed for quite. What were you saying? It was more it was than three, three years, like eighty-three. Three. Well, you saw it in eighty-two, right? 82. Yeah, I think it was 82. And, and they say they went all the way to like 86. I I think there was that, you know, and, and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people have been hundreds of people and like police officers and town officials and doctors and pilots and, you know, a lot of, a lot of really credible, you know, observers and, um, yeah, and, and, it's so funny because I was, I was, I'm sorry, I was telling my trainer that I was going to do this podcast. She wanted to make an appointment with me. I said, I can't, I'm doing a podcast. She said, about what? I said, about my UFO sighting. And she turned around and gave me like, like crazy eyes. Well, and I said, yeah. Oh, no, that's stig- the stigma is still yeah. like it's it's certainly it's still there. The last few years, it's been lessened to a great extent, but still, yeah, it's still very strong. And um, yeah, you know, I, I, it doesn't yeah, take I, long now because I've gotten a little like even doing the podcast. Right. Because, I'm, you know, we all do our different things in the course of the day. And this is like a chance to have amazing conversations with interesting people about that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to find out more about this. Right. Um and it is it is interesting, but it's always people that haven't the foggiest fucking idea of like what's going on with this stuff right now. And like yeah. you don't have to like dig into conspiracy stuff. You just have to let's look into what's happening in the government in terms of the laws that they're passing about yeah. about this mm-hmm. thing that there's there's clearly um, it, it's not a question of is any of this happening or all these people have mass hysteria. It's so clearly happened. It's just processing what it might be. Yeah. I think the fact that no one has very good answers of what exactly that was that keeps them from kind of being more open about it. And I, I just think it, it, but I'm curious what, well, two things. I am wondering what your experience was reading communion because that happened in the Hudson Valley to. No, I know. I know. Period. I started, that's, that started opening me up to understanding that what I had seen was part of a bigger, thing that I didn't know about and again like every time you for me anytime I've read stuff um it's it soothes me because it's again it's like it's it's a very unusual thing to happen to a person you know it's like a very unusual thing and but when I saw the footage Dave that you sent me that made me cry because I hadn't seen like 
people talking about it. I hadn't seen like images of it that that are so spot on. It really um, it really made me realize that I've been you know sitting on something for so long that's carried all the shame around it. And but but the thing that the thing that's always kept me like uh, in good stead was that everybody saw it. Like so it wasn't it wasn't like this private little weird thing that happened to me. Like the whole neighborhood mm-hmm. saw it. I could call, I could call a dozen people from yeah. my childhood right now. And they right. would say, yeah, I remember that day. I remember that, you know, And it's a, but I think, Oh, sorry. No, I, no, I was just saying it's, it's amazing to me that that is the, the power with the power of the stigma the, and yeah. the fear of ridicule that even, even though you your family experienced it, you had your neighbors experienced it that you would all still be made to feel this way uh, is it's, it's a remarkable, <laughs> like uh, sociological. It is. Um, it is. Uh, sort of. But I do think it changed how I look at things because I know what I saw. And then the next day to have that reported in the paper was like, it made me look at things differently from now on, you know, in terms of like, the news and what they're telling us and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I got, I, I, it cracked, you know, it cracked my brain open a little bit to what's going on. Why did they say that? That's yeah. a weird thing. I can't trust say. those people. They're <laughs> yeah. telling the truth about this. You know, lying. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it definitely cracked my brain open a little bit. Yeah. And, and that's the know? thing. I think there's, there's so much uh, damage has been done by this kind of, uh, the the well the debunking and the ridicule um to people yeah. to people for for decades and decades the just the emotional yeah. damage done to people for uh having to to feel like they can't they, that something this remarkable is something you can't discuss you can't acknowledge and that if you do people will look at you funny and treat you differently yeah imagine there was like a few i mean at least in my neighborhood dozens of people and uh, like to think of it now like, you know, this, this like orb craft, the size of a few football fields hovered over our houses for a few hours and then took off into the night in a, in a second. And, uh, we didn't talk about that. No. Yeah. In, 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 in a healthier environment, that would be all you would ever talk about ever again. Get to the bottom of that. Ever yeah. again. Yeah. You know, ever again. It'd be like, and hey, good morning. Like, Remember how we saw the UFO? I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. And it you know, to think of it now again, like coming out of coming out of it now, it feels like, you know, being able to talk about it. It's like, you know, to be able to over the years to just say something to my mother or my father. And it's not like what UFO. It's like, yeah, that was Yeah. That was, well, it's not like if you if you'd seen a tornado, you'd you know you'd yeah. talk about it, and everyone in your neighborhood would talk. Hey, remember that tornado? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. quite. Remember that year the tornado came through and. Right, right. You know, yeah, and that's and you just everyone would talk about the details of what a tornado looked like up close, and right, you know, and it's right, and it's and you know, and this is a much more extraordinary thing than a tornado. Um, it really is. And also like, you know, my shame about it, what, like, I, I know that I do this like apologetic thing when I have spoken about it, where I'll say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was like a UFO. It's like an unidentified flying object. 
but I don't know, maybe it came from Russia or something. Yeah. It didn't come from Russia. Well, see, like, that's, I, like that's, I try to minimize it. That's so t- that's very typical. I was just reading the J. Allen Hynek's book and, and he talks about that, you know, because the, the misperception about people who witness UFOs is that it's some sort of wish fulfillment and yeah. this is, they see something and they oh, want, really? and they want it to be a UFO. And in his book, he says, yeah. it's exactly oh. the opposite. People that see UFOs consistently try to find any other explanation for what they saw first. They go through everything wow. and they struggle to find something else that it could be. And then they're left finally with now nah, it's, it wasn't the, that it was a, it was a right. UFO. And see, that's, what's funny too, is to like, and just in talking to you to understand how typical I am of somebody who has seen one, you know, that we all sort of go through a process, I guess, of trying to make sense of it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that we would all have similar features. Yeah. Everyone, you know? yeah, everyone resists, yeah. everyone resists becoming that person who's just seen a UFO. I know I, it's, yeah. that's so true. I've spent so much time, but in recent years, uh, you know, they rebranded UFO. What do they call them? UAP. I, yeah. UAP now. So they've rebranded them. And now it seems to be, you know, uh, more acceptable to talk about it. And, uh, and I definitely feel less of like, you know, fear or shame to talk about it for sure. I definitely feel better about it. Um, because I feel like, you know, if Obama goes on and he says, yeah, we've been tracking this stuff and it's real. Then I go, Oh, see, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And he's, and we had, and Jimmy, Jimmy Carter's, you know, had a UFO experience and Ronald Reagan had a UFO experience. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. See, I didn't see like you're into UFOs. I just saw one, you know? So it's like, I haven't, I haven't really, you know, like, again, I, like every few years I'll Google a little bit and, you know, and then I'll, I'll not. I'm in, mm-hmm. I'm interested in the fact that sometimes like people see this, see something like this. Um, but the response is interesting. Like Dave, your response was interesting. Robin, your, ex- your experience was, your response was interesting because it's not like a big spiritual experience, right? It It's, it's more of, um, yeah. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> the truest sense of alien or the it's there. There's a certain I guess I'm curious about exploring a little bit more of that emotional reaction. This thing is hovering over you and you feel like you were seen. Um, 
Yeah. Can you dig into that a little bit more? Like what, did you have any perception of what might be seeing you or how it was seeing you or what it was seeing? Was it, uh, I, I guess it, I'm always curious about these straight, like the reaction to these yeah. things is always so interesting to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it was from my 60s, 60s TV sort of, you know, catalog that was in my brain or an actual feeling, but it's, it's correct. What you're saying is like when you're faced with something that doesn't make any sense at all, like it, it just, I can't, I can't stress to you enough how like this, this thing was hovering in the sky right above us. That was curious to me too, because it seemed to, I don't know, again, it could be my perception, my imagination, but it seemed to like hover over, like it, it landed, it hovered over our neighborhood. But again, it was several neighborhoods because it was so big. And also it didn't seem like it lit up the sky too. So it wasn't like, we couldn't look at it. It was, it wasn't blinding or anything. We could see it. It was right there. And I, I don't know, like I started to, I started it. it again, it's hard to, yeah, no, hard totally. To put I get it. Words, but it felt sentient in some way. It didn't feel like, uh, like a meteor meteorological event right. it felt sentient it felt like it felt like it was alive or something in it was alive or it felt alive in some way mm -hmm. and so it was uh and i wasn't afraid of it until i felt like it like saw me yeah well i i definitely <laughs> yeah. think i mean that's uh a, that would frighten me too there's a big a big part of like a UFO experience is often uh, it is a feeling of uh, that is interacting with your consciousness. Really? See, yeah. this is amazing to me because yeah. I don't I don't investigate this stuff. So that's well, Dave, amazing talk, have me. you guys talked about your I mean, have you shared your because yeah. Dave had an interest like your you kind yeah. of felt a little bit sort of yeah. cut off, right? Well, I felt like it was controlling the level of emotion that we brought to it. Like it was tamping down all of our emotions so that we weren't, we had no excitement at all. It was like just keeping us calm and paying attention without any heightened emotion throughout the whole experience, oh. which, which is weird because, you know, I thought if I ever saw a UFO, I'd be like one of those people on the YouTube videos shouting, what the fuck? Oh, fuck man. Fuck. Right. You know, and you know, every third word would be fuck. And I'd be astonished. And, right. and I was there with Jer Jeremy Corbell, who is a UFO uh, investigator, documentary filmmaker, journalist, uh, who's dedicated his life to this. And he was the same way, like his first UFO sighting. And he was, and, but it was, it was tamping down our, our responses in a way. And it felt like it was an, ex like it was interacting with us. Okay. So I didn't feel that. Yeah. But no, it's in, yeah. No, but you you saying that I I like I go I know exactly what you're talking about. So I didn't feel that, but I understand like there's something in it that makes something in my experience that makes me go I know exactly what you're saying. 
I didn't feel like I was tamped down, but I did feel that I there was like I was uh, relating to it, communicating yeah. with it in some way, like I did. No, and I think is it, it. It seems like the stories I've heard. There's innumerable ways that it can interact with people and affect them. Um, you know, and and obviously each each experience is unique to each person who has the experience. Right, you right. Know. Were you but, spiritual at all prior to this? Did it change how you, I mean, what was your level of, I think they call it like ontological shock, right? When you're sort of faced with, uh, I, t- I mentioned my my friend Gene, who was a guest on this show, also a friend of mine for 30 years who had a, um, a, a riveting and terrifying abduction experience, which I had heard about when I was 19. Oh, wow. When I heard about it, I was 19 yeah. for the first time. And she, of course, was shared it with very few people. Uh, luckily her mother was a corroborating witness. So at least she had that. Otherwise she definitely would have assumed she had gone crazy and never spoken of it again, probably, but was she, she felt, uh, and I'm hearing post having talked with us, she just, she feels better in terms of having realized that other people experienced this. Um, but I, I'm curious about the sort of ontological shock of it. That was mine. Hearing Jean's story was mine of like having to, go, <laughs> I didn't even have to experience. I just, hearing her story was like, I now have to decide what this world is like. Like, is my friend, yeah. do I think my friend's crazy and all my instincts about her are, are that I don't know her at all and she would make up this, or do I, my whole worldview is different now. I mean, what what was your feeling before and after or did it have to go into its little place? I actually, uh, before, like nothing. I had nothing before. I had no, I had no spirituality. I had no religion. I had nothing. And um, my my brother passed away in 1990. And when he died, um, I that started my kind of spiritual journey because I my big thing was where did he go? Like yeah. where where oh, did God, he go? Know, yeah. Like where? Did, like where he, you know, I was lucky enough um, in the Jewish religion, you don't look at the body, you know, they, it's a covered casket. And, um, and you, you also like hire somebody to pray with the body overnight before the funeral. And so I went to, I went to the, um, the funeral home the night before and the little man was praying over my brother's casket. And I went in to say goodbye because I was going home. I went in with my cousin Peter, and um, and the the little old man, the little Jewish man who's like reading little Jewish prayers to my dead brother, said, "Do you want to see the body?" <laughs> and and I I froze, and my cousin Peter said, "Yes." And I looked at Peter like he knows something I don't know, so I'm going to go with it. And they, he the little guy opened up the the casket and it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Like, I'm so grateful. I always say to people now, please, please, if you can see the body because it was so clear that who my brother was, was not this vessel, you know, it was so, it was helpful spiritually to sort of make peace with it. But I really think that uh, once I started my journey, the UFO piece became part of it. You know, it became sort of like it became in the pile of there's so much we don't know and there's so much mystery. And um, 
And, and I always wondered if like, if, again, I'm saying things out loud that I've only kept in my head, but I always wondered if my sighting was, was sort of like, um, a precursor to opening up my mind to certain ideas that maybe I wouldn't have known before or thought about before, or maybe in some way I, you know, I don't know, like, did they zap me with some, you know, juice or something? Like, did something happen to me that, like, did they know my brother was going to die? And did they sort of like, was this some way to prepare me? I don't know. Like, I don't know. It was the whole thing is so, incredibly mysterious so I think I think that it has added to the pot of of mysteries about our existence what we're doing here where where we go after where did we come from you know like what what is this crazy thing that we're doing here What's this crazy thing yeah, we're doing here? Know. No, yeah. you know, my godson, I'm very close to my godson and he'll call me and he'll be like, you know, I uh, work, you know, they gave me a report and my, the bonus that they're giving, you know, he goes complain. And I'm like, dude, you're on like a big rock floating in space. Who cares? Like, yeah. like mm-hmm. cares, you know, like, so it's definitely given my life this like perspective that I don't think. I would have had had I not seen it. Yeah, you know? I think, and it's, it tends to be my experience so far is like people that that engage with thinking about the phenomena. Uh, mm-hmm. It's usually uh, doesn't take long before you start asking bigger questions about things like consciousness and and right. what you know and how does it relate to death and uh, you know. Right. Cause like, I know for me, cause I said, I'm like, since early childhood, I've been an atheist and uh, a staunch believer in, you know, the scientific method and, you know, material reductionist and, you know, that everything, everything can be explained through, through, uh, you know, the, mm-hmm. the physics of matter and energy, everything is, everything is, will fit into these patterns if we just look hard enough. And, right. um, and, but sort of getting into this topic is maybe doubt that. You know, I don't know if I've totally rejected it, but it's definitely made me doubt. Like I've always rejected uh, any notions of spirituality and any notions of uh, any kind of a soul or, or. Uh, so how do you make sense of your UFO experience or, or any UFO? Experience? Well, I don't really, <laughs> so far I can't really make much sense of it, right. but I know that I'm no, I no longer uh, confident that reality is this sort of, simple as I thought it was, right? you know, and, right. and that we are, and I'm not confident that we're capable of figuring everything out. Uh, or at least not through, maybe not through the, the, maybe the scientific method isn't the tool that'll get us there. Right. Um, right. but that there, yeah. And, you know, and that maybe, you know, it does not necessarily that there's a soul or anything, but maybe there is some kind of, uh, underlying reality to consciousness that, goes outside of this you know sort of body we live in you know and and i think a lot of people who get involved with this start to think about those things and and become curious about those things so it's have have you had any mystical experiences since then um me and no no not really um i've had um like just sort of odd coincidences that seem you know 
that are hard to hard to quite rationalize. But uh, mm-hmm. there seems but, to be. I'm sorry, Dave. Go ahead. Oh no, no that was it. I ran out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the to me like, and I'm curious. Well, let me ask this, uh, Robin. What do you do? You have a, just a just sort of like what does your gut tell you was in that ship? I mean, what what is do you do you have any kind of just whether it's the, I, the I, 1960s version of what might have been in there? I mean, have you, <laughs> what do you, what do you think was in there? I don't, I don't know that anything was necessarily in there. Hmm. It might have been it. That's it might have been it. You know, hmm. I don't, I don't know, I don't know, but I can say that it felt, it felt sentient to me. It felt like it had some intent and it had some intelligence about it, and it had uh, some, you know purpose like it just didn't it was alive somehow it was sentient it it had intention and purpose it felt like when it was hovering it was doing something I don't know what but it felt like it was uh it it was important that it stayed where it was for a while and then it just shot away and it was gone and it, it felt so like it felt like <laughs> I mean it's like I'm just trying to see like what do I have here? All right, I have a I have ketchup, right? So it's like you're looking at ketchup above your head, right? And you're like, one thing I know is that ketchup could not take off so fast in an instant. You know, it just is not possible looking at what I'm looking at that that could I could see it sort of kind of floating away a little bit, but this like it's not possible. This is yeah, and it's mm-hmm. like gone. Yeah, you know. So, so it felt like something was, you know, driving it, moving it, something. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think the I sentience thing is a really cool way, and and I think that does line up with a lot of other uh, sightings, and also a kind of clinical quality to the to the, you know, the sense of observation, maybe not a lot of warmth. Uh, I mean, if anything, my thoughts on it, it feels like we might be at the, I suppose this could have been going on for a very long time in our history as humanity, but our perception of what's going on is what happens when two species start to interact and one is really way, way way more, right. way, way more advanced to the point that I'm starting to get right. you know, all the kind of reading and research and people we're talking to. And it doesn't line up with our traditional idea where they come and they do a sort of, you know, like, Hey, I've learned your language. I want to say hi. And this is what our planet's like. And this is like, a, that's sort of how we think they would behave. But I think what we're seeing is maybe the more realistic and true way it would behave, which is we don't have the slightest fucking idea how they think what perception would be? Are they even a they? Like, you know, what sort of technology is, maybe we're just dealing with the technology and the actual they are very far away. But it, it has left me with this feeling that I thought would be a little more reassuring, but <laughs> it's more like, oh, I think maybe the universe is teeming with life. But right. But we might really be on the low end of the of the kind of technological arc. So we might be kind of, and our, 
ability to sort of perceive what's around us, because one of the things that does seem to be kind of gaining traction is that these things aren't from sort of outer space, but sort of some kind of just a space we can't quite perceive that could be very sort of close up to us or more kind of around or sharing this planet with us. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, um, for me wrapping my head around of like, okay, this is, this is kind of what it would be like to be sort of observed as a, as a something that doesn't even understand what, you know, or couldn't, we can't even see what it is unless they want to be seen. I don't know. It's, it, it's a weird laboratory perhaps, um, that I think is kind of, um, you know, super interesting, makes the universe very interesting. And we've always known, like, of course, with bajillions of planets and stars, of course, there has to be life everywhere. But the idea of it starts to feel maybe a little weirder because we might not be able to communicate with it very well. It just might be too far gone, you know? Um, And uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm comforted by that or, you know, what it does to my, because I've always been a sort of blurry spirituality myself, you know, I'm kind of this, I figure like whatever would be out there kind of going to take care of us, you know, it's going to be sort of looking after us and maybe some of them are, but, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I'm just going to let it trail off like that. It's just my, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like over, overall, would you, um, like, do you feel like if you had an opportunity to experience it again, you would want to? Yeah. 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 Do you think it was more, more uh of a, you think it's by and large a positive experience in your life having seen this or a negative uh i'm glad i saw it you know i wish that i wish that our culture it's only it's you know it's like a recovered memory it's like you know like it's like one of those like oh i i you know i realized that something bad happened to me or something like it's like this weird dark secret but I am glad because I do think it's informed my life later on and my growth and my understanding of the world and even the government and you know the news and you know I just feel I feel I have come to believe and feel an experience in my life because I have had quite a few mystical experiences since then and I have come to believe that um, that that the like it, it the world is a magical place, and we're very lucky to be here. And I feel kind of privileged to have seen it now. You know, it feels like I I even though I lived in like the shadows with it, I I have always felt kind of privileged to have seen it. You know, I really have. I feel like I feel like um, the possibility that I was chosen to see it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that I can handle seeing it. Oh or yeah. Something. I don't know. You know, I just feel like it's it really happened. I, like it so happened to me, and it's a cool ass thing to have happened to a human being. You know, and I don't know. I don't know directly how it impacted me again i was like you know are they going to come and get me tonight and perform experiments on me and i was definitely nervous about that at the beginning but but i i think that i think i'll you know i think at the end of my life when i do my life review this would have been like a big 
piece of the puzzle for me. You know, I like your perspective mm-hmm. much better than mine. I think that sounds much, much, much yeah. healthier. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I wonder, cause like, you know, because I had my experience, you know, as I'm entering my final innings, um, <laughs> Jesus, Dave, you know, like, I didn't know. What if I, had, wow. Yeah, you know, wow. sorry let's, to hear that. I mean, let's face it. I mean, you know, Dave, come on, baby. I mean, we got you. Six, Hang on. We have known each other 37 years. Yeah. No, it's, it's six, <laughs> at 60, you kind of have to acknowledge there's not, there's not, you don't have a, yes. a whole, you don't have a whole raft of decades ahead of you. At sixty, no. do a lot of walking. Um, no. I hear walking yeah. is good. <laughs> yeah, walking. Well, it's the vital part. That's what a friend said to me. It's like, yeah, I could live to a hundred, but how vital am I going to really be at a hundred? Yeah, know? yeah. Well, I've been watching this documentary on Netflix about the the, the blue zones. People, the blue people, zones, yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. yeah, those people yeah. seem they're pretty vital in their hundreds. We have we have to move to Loma Linda or or. Sardinia. Got the people on the hills, yeah. right? They just got to climb hills all the time. Some, yeah, some of them. Yeah. So when, yeah, the, yeah. the yeah, I think that's the Sardinia one. Yeah, they're through there. Yeah. <laughs> their entire town is built on on uh, you know mm-hmm. going up and down stairs and hills and. <laughs> What's up, Mina? Uh, Betty White always said her secret to to longevity was uh, living in a house with stairs. <laughs> she oh, well, that's said, good for me. I have lots of stairs. Yeah, she said, "Don't live in a bungalow." That was her advice. <laughs> Yeah, right. Good. Good advice. She lived a you good, know. healthy life. <laughs> um, yeah. That is a boy. That's that's a incre- incredible story. That's a and um, I haven't heard a, a sighting like that. And it, you were part of history. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that, but look at me. I yeah. I remember yeah. having a a response to the communion book, for example. That was I was like fifteen or sixteen, maybe or fourteen. I'm not sure when. And I. Mm-hmm. And I never had an abduction experience, but there was something about it that, like, I wanted that experience. I, for some reason, I don't know why, because it's, it's part of so much of it was terrifying. But I think it is. It's just wanting just a little glimpse behind the curtain, just a little, just a little glimpse. Um, and I think that is what you were given, and that's incredible. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. I think I've always lived life with the assumption that nothing truly interesting would ever happen. Um, <laughs> You know, boy, were you wrong? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think, and I think we, you know, and we may be at the at the precipice of all of us having to deal with something very, very interesting in the in the next couple of years. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be disclosure and all that stuff? Do you think that's I, well, actually going to happen? I think so. I mean, I think what's happened with the, that last the congressional hearing and with this guy, uh, I don't know if you've been following with Dave Grush, the whistleblower, bit, yeah. uh, talking about the. Um, reverse engineering programs and uh, recovery craft retrieval programs. And lately there's been a lot of reporting that there's something like between 30 and 40 other whistleblowers that have already given testimony to the uh, the intelligence community uh, inspector general and that have already been deposed under oath. And um, so I think it's don't know how many of them are going to go public because there's a lot of fear involved. Um, but, um, but this, I think you were definitely going to hear a lot coming forward. I mean, with the Chuck Schumer legislation about making everything, um, unclassified automatically in the, like all UFO documents and information are supposed to be automatically unclassified, unclassified. And then the military has to make an argument to classify them one by one. Wow. Yeah, wow. there's a big, big like yeah. law that 
Schumer's trying to push through the Senate that may or may not get passed because it seems like there's now pushback. But in that law, he was just like, so if you're holding a UFO, you got to give it to us. If yeah, you're, or if, if you've you're a got private bodies. company, I mean, it's the craziest legislate. Like the stuff in it is fucking yeah. crazy. And he, said, he well, just he, wrote it all out. He, like if they've got some bodies, we don't give yeah. the bodies to us. You got to give them up if yeah. you're in a secret mentioned- program. And it is, yeah, he um, mentions non-human intelligence twenty-five times. I think in it. This is wow. This is yeah. Chuck Schumer's legislation. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. intense. So yeah. it's very, very much out there, and yet I go back and forth every day of whether or not disclosure will happen through the government because I really do think there's still a pretty strong pushback of people that don't want it out for whatever reasons those are, and I think so. I think it'll actually, but I do think it'll. It's sort of happening. Like, I think it's happening. Yeah. It's just right. it's just happening through a million little holes in the dam as opposed to just the government just saying like, all right, because I don't think they have enough to say that would reassure anybody. I feel like they would have to come out and be like, OK, this is happening and this is what it is. <laughs> I think that right. they might have to say right. this is what's happening. And, you know, fuck if I know what's going on. But yeah. um, right. I and, think, or- that, you know, these conversations you know, academia, uh, you know, lots of uh, money's going into scientific research that's super credible and legitimate. And I think that can kind of bubble up in those types of ways and people sharing their stories and just, you know, saying this is what happened to me. And and I think it's just going to it's I, I believe people are believing mm-hmm. and and super curious and um, and that it might happen that way. But Dave might be right. It might happen through legislation. I don't know. Or whistleblowers, yeah. which is so happening. That is going yeah, on. The whistleblowers are having. There's also people musing that uh, this may all be happening because um, people in government, people like Chuck Schumer, have have knowledge we don't have that something is coming that's forcing their hand anyway. And that they have yeah. to get ahead, and that they have to get ahead of it because it th- that. Uh, Maybe it's the non-human intelligences have have a timeline. They have God. a schedule, and maybe 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 the uh, it's been made clear to uh, people on the inside that uh, there's a deadline to get people ready. Oh my God! It's so you know the whole world like everything is so bendy right now. You know, yeah. like reality just feels very bendy right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if like. We're on the verge of something. We just don't know what it is. Yeah, but. it's it's made it very hard for me to stay glued to MSNBC following politics the way I used to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I I I can't watch the news. You know, it just makes me crazy. You know, mm. because the world feels a little a little bendy right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the last few years, like. I feel like we're on the moon a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like for a long time, I was like, when's the future going to start? Like, when's it going to get like cool futurey, right? Like we got, I mean, I was like, I know we got phones, but like, where's the cool, fun future? So, and then it feels like the where's last, our well, the last mm-hmm. two years, it just was like, wow, like future is yeah. here. Like artificial intelligence. Like, you know, there's, you know, UFO debris somewhere in some garage. There's, you know, yep. here, here's some plagues to throw at you. Like, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, yeah. Easy well, that's future, like, easy. You know, yeah, AI's having trouble with adolescence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like my moment finally came where, like, the government was acknowledging UFOs and, like, nobody cared. 
<laughs> yeah, that's the amazing Everybody thing. Everybody has Survive. so much yeah. fatigue that nobody cares. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm I, like, finally, yeah. it's being taken seriously. But it's also, well, it's also just that we've been, you know, the conditioning that, that made you not yeah. talk about it all those years is still there. And so there's still yeah, people, people who haven't, um, sort of looked at the, looked at the, uh, the evidence that haven't engaged with what's really going on right now, or people yeah. who haven't had an experience of their own are still mostly oblivious to what's going on. Um, that, that's, you know, that, that's a lot of things, unfortunately. Yeah. The fact that, and, and we've been so very, very cleverly conditioned to not pay attention to UFOs for so long that, right. um, right. that, you know, that it's, you know, I guess, I think for some people there is there is going to be a true ontological shock coming, and um, for sure, yeah. At least at least all of us will be like, oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, I'll least. be a little. I'm going to be a little ontologically shocked. I have to be honest. I will still, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll still be a little anxious <laughs> about that uh, moment, but uh, I will. I'm going to hope that I meet all the people that know all the secret like caves to hide in, or the little underground cities, right. or whatever we need to do. This is all my, that's mm -hmm. my plan. You know, it's like Dave's hanging Sounds out with like all the people plan. that know what's going on. So, yeah. So the strike is over as a, mm -hmm. uh, yourself, a actor, writer, producer, Robin, do you have a, how are you feeling? I mean, it's, you know, I feel good. I'm glad mm -hmm. I have a project that's been waiting to, you know, to deal with, you know, and so, I guess we can move ahead. I'm going to have a big zoom about it tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, and I can no. put down I can put down one picket sign. So that's going to be still got to the other picket sign. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, hopefully that'll be resolved soon as well. I, I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, hopefully the writers uh, agreement will um, function mm -hmm. as a template for for the SAG after agreement. Yeah. It yeah. seemed like stuff like foreign residuals and transparency and being rewarded for success and a lot of the stuff that was being super resisted before. I mean, the only thing you can like hope for is that some of the pain yielded some benefits for people. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't make up for a lot of the widespread, you know, uh, you know, pain, frankly, of just like crews and this and that, but it does seem like they, got some important wins with artificial intelligence and they're not going to be able to write first drafts of anyone's shows with a computer. They're not going to, they're not going to be hope. And hopefully now like the actors will be able to deal with likeness AI stuff, which is also really mm -hmm. fucking weird. And Can you believe we're here talking about AI on a UFO show? I mean, it's a real, like it's, it's super real. Crazy. It's yeah. super real. Yeah. yeah. And they can, I, they, I mean, it, they can do it now, but in like a year or two, it's going to be, you won't be able to tell the difference. So, I mean, it is hopefully a moment where a template was laid down. And um, and usually I complain about the writers being like, you know, five years behind the technology. They're fighting for like Betamax when like DVDs are taking off. You know, they're fighting for like, they just never seem to like hit the moment. I think now they did uh, at least try to rein it in a little bit. They're going to... Mm -hmm. Sounds like the studios are still going to be able to train AI on literary material. Um, so that's weird that they want to do that. And that's so that's problematic. You can just feed it scripts and it'll learn and keep learning. And then, you know, who knows what it'll churn out. But it can't yeah. be considered a writer. It can't be considered source material. It can't be you can't compete with it for credit or whatever. And it seems like there's some other stuff that might serve yeah. as a template for it's, actors. It's a good 
it's a good uh, first battle for maintaining humanity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You know, um, because I think that's yeah. If, I think that is if if we had gotten to a point where uh, where we just we we let machines tell write our stories for us just because maybe they can, then we're then we're uh, it's like a, it really does seem like a first domino in in the end of humanity. You know, which may be what we're looking at in the UFO experience anyway. Maybe maybe it may be our future AI, you know, the coming back. Not you know, maybe not our not our our uh, biological uh uh descendants, but uh our uh our, our technological very, ones. It's such a strange time to be alive, you know, it yeah. just really is and how fast things are moving and it's just kind of incredible. I, I was listening to, to somebody was saying that um, because of like um, uh, like Google Maps and Waze and all these like, uh, you know, devices that help us know to get to where we're going, that it's really changing our brains because how we being able to to visually see a map of a city or something is a very integral part of how our brain is structured. And losing that changes our it, abilities in other areas. Yeah, it can diminish cognitive a lot of cognitive uh, abilities uh, that we don't hold maps in our heads anymore. I know I, I was reading an article that said recommending yeah. that you should go out and try to drive somewhere without your GPS every yes. once in a while. Try to go for try, or try to walk somewhere. To try yeah, because and- somebody's suing. This lady suing Google Maps or because her husband like drove off a bridge or something because oh, the map told him to go and mm-hmm. he just obeyed the That sounds like me. It sounds like something <laughs> I would do. Like I yeah. I, I leave the house. Totally I'm yeah, Christina, I, we're yelling at yeah. each other. I'm like, put the maps on. She's like, right, You're four right. fucking feet from your house. What are you talking about? It's like I need to know. I need to know Dave where said, I'm going. You said, you said that you have a terrible sense of direction, I, and so yeah. do I. Yeah. I literally, like, if I go to a restaurant and go to the bathroom, I have no idea how to get back to my seat. <laughs> like, I have no idea where my table is. that a search party? Yeah. If, yeah. Yes, it's terrible. If I walk somewhere with someone else, I will have no idea how we got there. Me too. <laughs> Me too. No idea. It's really bad. It's I have a pretty good sense of direction, but I have an anxiety response to not having the map thing on. It's so it's so bizarre. It's like a a trip I've taken multiple, multiple times. It's just, you know, yeah, Yeah. it was uh, road trips. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's why Chrissy, who is lurking there somewhere, uh, will will not have the cognitive decline because she uh, battles with every uh, map. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she has her own There's, routes in mind. So, yeah, every almost every turn that the that the uh, GPS suggests. No, that's not the best. No, right. So a kind of classic taxi yeah. direction giver, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't take Columbus. Take yeah. you know Amsterdam, Christy, whatever. Yeah, Christy has what the London cabbies call the knowledge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. The we all need knowledge. Christy as a navigator. We all do. We need her as a life navigator. Mm. Well, listen, <laughs> this was fabulous. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Robin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is great. It's fun to talk about. I don't get to talk about it. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's a good thing to do, I think. I think that's part of why yeah, part, part of why we're doing this is to, you know, yeah. make try to show yeah. you know, show that it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's totally and It'll thank you for okay. the trust. Honestly, thank you for like, you know, yeah, it's thank you I think so it, much. 
so far in our kind of limited pool, it, it seems like it's a good thing. People when they, you know, people feel better after kind of sharing it, and I and I, it just encourages others to sort of do the same, and it doesn't become yeah. something that we can. I, it's something we should talk about. It's an amazing thing that's going on, and we should yeah. all be able to kind of freely, uh, you know, figure it out together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and this was a that's it's a fucking crazy story. <laughs> just yeah. say, and even that if, it's an even, amazing. Even if clearly B now thinks you're crazy. Um, I know. B's looking for a new home. She's she's chilling. (laughs) B's chilling. She's enjoying herself. But they don't see the crazy crafts in the air. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, this was great. Thank you so much, Robin. All right. Nice to see you guys. It was great to see you too, and we appreciate it. We'll see you soon. All right. Take good care. Thanks. 